You're listening to The Sean B. Show on Second String Media. Happy Thursday and welcome into The Sean B. Show. It is the podcast with the mostest that does not rhyme. I'm Sean B., as always, alone here in the Second String Media studio. And it's a great day to have a great day. I'm pretty excited about today. It's Thursday, November 16th. 2023, a day that calls for celebration, a day that calls for us to pay homage to the great state of Indiana. That's right. It is National Indiana Day, and I don't even know if every state has a national day of its own. I haven't researched that. I just looked today. I was like, what's the national day today? Fucking National Indiana Day. So. The great Hoosier state, National Indiana Day. Go get yourself a tenderloin. Maybe uh, drive exceedingly fast down a rural road like you're uh, driving a race car. Do it in the middle of town. I don't give a shit. Actually, I do care about your safety. So maybe just maybe just be safe. Um, go get yourself a bread of tenderloin. <coughs> This cold won't go away, and I don't want to take the time to edit the podcast afterwards to make sure that all the coughing noises are gone, so I don't do that. I don't do that. This is all natural. It's the Sean B. Show, Thursday, November 16th. A little bit to talk about today in the world of sports, okay? A lot, of, a lot of stuff going on. Of course, it's the football season, so it's Thursday night football tonight. Bengals-Ravens should be a slobber knocker in that NFC North. Uh, you know, it, it's <laughs> what, a, what a division that that is. I mean, the NFC North, every team is right there above 500. The Bengals in last place in the AFC North. However, only a game and a half back of the first place Baltimore Ravens. Those two teams meet tonight. Baltimore, Cincinnati, going to be a great time. Going to be a great game. Thursday nights don't normally get the good games. This Thursday night, we're getting a good game. Right there in Baltimore, Bengals travel to Baltimore to visit the Ravens in a battle for a division that who knows who's going to win. Who knows who's going to win this division? I mean, you got the Steelers and the Browns right there. I've got to say the Browns are probably going to start to fall off without Deshaun Watson for the rest of the year, would be my guess. And the Bengals, like I said, victims of a very slow start. I feel like they're a lot better than five and four. Um, tonight on primetime, you're going to see it. You're going to see it right there. Joe Burrow versus Lamar Jackson should be a great time. Going to be a fun game to bet on. Uh, you want to make a good bet on this game? You want to make a really, really good bet on this game? In my opinion, Joe Burrow over 256.5 passing yards. Joe Burrow about to light it up tonight because the Bengals, in my opinion, belong in first place in this division, are the best team in this division. And I went, I sat down before the show and I was like, it's time to make NFL power rankings. We did it all last year. Then, of course, we have all these stoppages and hiatuses. I haven't made power rankings this year. I sat down, and I was like, we're going to make power rankings for this year. And the reality is, I've watched enough football. 
to try and decipher the wacky NFL as it is. I mean, because at the end of the day, you have to you have to sit here and think the Detroit Lions are a top five team. But I, in my brain, again, going back to last year and of course previous history, haven't watched enough football to be able to fathom the Detroit Lions as a top five team. I am still in this mode where I think despite being six and three, the San Francisco 49ers are dangerous. Brock Purdy, big comeback game last week. I don't think I, I've always said this. I don't know that I don't know that the, the Niners are strong enough at the quarterback position to make that serious run that this team and this coaching staff is seriously capable of making. So anyway, all this stuff going through my brain as I'm trying to figure out power rankings. Everybody likes to put the Chiefs up near the top. Uh, but I watched what I did watch what happened to the Chiefs against Denver. Denver got a really good defense, and they made the Chiefs look suspect. So lots of stuff to process. I think the only thing we know clearly without a doubt is that the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the NFL right now. They're 8-1. and one. Maybe it's Jason Kelsey's year. Maybe he, he, he stepped aside for Travis last year. This could be Jason Kelsey's year. The last thing and the first thing, I mean, I don't like repeat Super Bowls, but I, would, I, I can't say I would mind seeing a repeat Eagles-Chiefs Super Bowl because and only because. It was really cool watching Donna Kelsey become a star. And that's that's just a genuine, nice lady who happened to give birth to two amazing football players and better guys. Great football players, better guys. So Kelsey Bull, I'm in for. A Chiefs-Eagles repeat, meh, repeat Super Bowls, whatever. (coughs) But a repeat Kelsey Bull, I can go for that. That I can go for. I was asked last week in the comments. I did not answer this question. I sidestepped this question. Who, in my opinion, is going to the Super Bowl this year? I purposefully did not answer that question last week. Even after having done, you know, some research, you know, I'm I'm finally having time to sit down and do some reading, go over some game film, watch games, this and that. Even after having done all that due diligence, it's really hard to pick an AFC team that's going to the Super Bowl. Because let's look at the playoffs right now. Like, let's say we were going to the AFC playoffs right now. Let's just bracket this. I have not prepared this. We're just going to bracket this. And we've got the the bye, which right now the bye would go to Kansas City. Uh, Number two... At the moment, would be Baltimore. Number three would uh, be, and we're just going through this on the fly, completely on the fly. The Ravens are seven and three. Who's anybody? Who's six and three? So for the number three seed, you got the Jags and the Dolphins. Um, We're gonna give the nod there to. Let's see here. Let's go ahead and give the nod to Miami. I I, I don't have uh, records, conference records right in front of me to be able to to be able to go and uh, and see. So we got 
Baltimore, Miami, and Jacksonville hosting uh, wild card playoff games. You've got the next best three. Who else is six and three? The Steelers and the Browns are six and three. Texans are five and four. So Steelers, Browns, you know, so you got to go with uh, with Cleveland, or I'm sorry, Pittsburgh to go to Baltimore, Cleveland to go to Miami, No, 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 sorry. That is a complete lie. Pittsburgh would go to Jacksonville. Cleveland would go to Miami. And then that last team, who's that last team? Looks like, to me, Houston or Cincinnati. And Houston beat Cincinnati. So Houston would go to Baltimore. So there's your AFC wildcard picture as it sits could be a couple discrepancies, but I believe these are the correct seven teams. Kansas City gets the bye. Baltimore plays Houston. Who the hell knows, A, what Houston team is going to show up? And and I mean CJ Stroud is just doing things. Like I said, it's it's amazing to see what his current um what his current odds are to win offensive rookie of the year. It's on. It's almost like a, a an unspoken an unspoken but known thing that that CJ Stroud's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. But I'm going to give that nod to Baltimore at home. Miami absolutely waxes Cleveland again. By the end of this season, with Desha- with Deshaun Watson out, they will not be a playoff team. The Cleveland Browns, sorry, sorry guys, not going to happen. Jacksonville beats Pittsburgh. So that's zero wildcard teams advancing. All the division winners advancing, which pits Casey and Jacksonville. By God, we know we know that can be a we know that can be a game. We saw it earlier this season. In Baltimore, Miami. I wanna I don't think Miami can beat Baltimore. So here's here's what you got to look at as, as you go deeper. We're not going to go all the way through this. It's irrelevant, right? It's just how it sits right now. I'm just trying to pick a Super Bowl contender out of the AFC, and I'm looking around, and I see the Baltimore Ravens could most certainly beat the Dolphins. Uh, is it is it going to be Kelsey Bowl again? I mean, is that what this is going to come to? The Chiefs better watch out because the Broncos are four and five. The Broncos, again, not off to the greatest start. But let's see here. Started 0-3. Got a win against the Bears, 1-3, and 1-4, 1-5. And then the Broncos have won four straight. They're three straight now so to get to 4-5, and five, including wins over Kansas City, and Buffalo, and and a win and, and a win against Green Bay. So, you know, or the Broncos. The fact that we didn't mention Buffalo in all this chatter, surprising to me. Everything about the AFC is just completely surprising to me. But I don't want to get too deep into that yet. I know I got started. I got on a tangent. I want to finish with NFL talk today. I want to go on by talking about this 
this NBA in-season tournament, this thing that I didn't know whether or not I'd be a fan of or not. I'm going to get back to football in a minute. I want to get through this in-season tournament discussion that the NBA is having right now. Not that they're having a discussion. They have an in-season tournament. I don't mind an in-season tournament. Lots of levels of basketball do that. Because the reality is you can play three or four basketball games a week. It's not a big deal. When you're a kid, you play three or four days sometimes. But this in-season tournament, I wish they had done it. I wish they had blocked off a set block of time for this in-season tournament. And perhaps, you know, because everybody's playing four games. And you can make those four games still a part of the standings. I don't mind that. But just set it all up together. Like the Pacers won their first group stage game back on November 3rd. They won their second group stage game this past Tuesday night, 11 days later. Seven days later, on, on, on Tuesday, they will play their third group stage game. And then Friday the 24th, they'll play their final group stage game. So we've seen now how this works. So how does it work when we get the knockout? What I would have done personally is grouped all these games together right before the all-star break. And then use the all-star break for the knockout stage and do that in conjunction with the all-star game. And obviously you've got guys that'll miss the all-star game. If they're on some of these finalist group or uh, in season tournament teams, but the NBA all-star game is always fun no matter what. So I don't think it's that big a loss. It is the coolest all-star game too. baseball's all-star game is whatever you get. You know, starting pitchers that come out and their big shtick is they 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 go seven eight innings. They can change a whole game just by their longevity, but they're asked to pitch one or two. I love baseball, but the All Star Game, I could do without it. The NFL Pro Bowl, don't even get me started on that. But this in season tournament, I feel like could have could have really really done a lot better in conjunction with the All Star break. Play these four group stage games for each team as your last four games leading up to the break. Then whoever makes it to the knockout round, play the knockout round in conjunction with all-star game. The all-star break might be a little longer. What I don't know, I don't, I don't, and I don't know what they have planned to do for the knockout round as we do it, you know, here in season, but I know that'll be decided next month. So it's, it's. I just think it could have been better as its own separate thing. In the middle of the season, fine. But as its own separate thing, I feel like it could have done a lot better. Just my opinion. My humble, not always humble opinion. But either way, the Pacers are, uh, Pacers are on fire. They're a good basketball team. They don't play until Sunday. Here's the thing about the Pacers. They, they don't play another game for three days. Yet they play four games over the next seven. So figure that out. Got a lot of games between Sunday and Friday. Four games between Sunday and Friday. Crazy to me. But two of those games happen to be these in-season tournament group stage games. They are 2-0 in the group stage. They play Atlanta Tuesday night. They play Detroit Friday night. 
what happens then? The Pacers go 4-0 and in the group stage, and then they make it to the knockout round? I mean, they're already 2-0. and they're already, They already have a pretty good pathway to get themselves into that knockout round. Then what happens? I mean, this in-season tournament, like I said, I think it'll be exciting no matter what, especially for the teams involved. If the Pacers go to the knockout round, I'm getting jacked for this thing. But I feel like this tournament could have done better as its own thing, right in the middle of the all, right in the middle of the season, conjunct it with All Star break, and now we're now we now we've got something. Now all the focus is on this tournament, as opposed to just people are playing tournament games every now and again, which is really kind of weird. But they are just regular season games. All the back to backs are killing me. They were in Detroit, or I'm sorry, not Detroit, in Philadelphia Sunday, then again on Tuesday night. Uh, coming up later this month, they're uh, in Miami Thursday the 30th, and then again on December 2nd. Kind of strange. But uh, NBA scheduling has always been kind of strange for me. There doesn't seem to be any real method to the madness as opposed to getting 30 teams, 82 games apiece. Enough of that. Enough of that. Because the Pacers are on a break, and I'm on a break from the Pacers, but they're 2-0 and in this group stage thing. Let's just look at this uh, at this tournament, at, this, at these group stage standings, because they're kind of wild. I mean, right now, you know, Miami is 2-0. The Pacers are 2-0. The Celtics are 1-0. The Hawks would be the wild card team at 1-0 based on points. In the Western groups, the Lakers are 2-0. The Nuggets are 2-0. The Timberwolves are 2-0. The Utah Jazz also 2-0. So... Couple of big, uh, let's see, out west, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six unbeaten tournament teams. In the east, we've got five unbeaten tournament teams. And again, we're only two games in. Some teams are only one game in. Regardless, in season tournament, we'll see how it goes. As for the boys in Bloomington, a little quick rundown. They play at Wright State tonight at Assembly Hall, 7 o'clock p.m. And, hey, that's going to be on, uh, who knows, probably Big Ten, maybe Big Ten. I'm not sure. It is Indiana versus Wright State. We didn't take Army very seriously. That almost cost us. Got to get these guys going because I'll be honest, after the first two games of watching them play, it hasn't looked like it would, it hasn't looked super promising. It was a lackluster performance against Army. They almost got beat. I mean, the final score was 72-64, which is only an eight-point margin. I promise you this game was a lot closer than that. Indiana pulled away at the end. They're the home team. They're the more talented team. They're the better team. But it took them pulling away at the end to create an eight-point margin over Army. This Florida Gulf Coast game, they only won that game by six. Again, a much closer game than to, to me than the six points. They've got to get guys working. Got to get guys moving around. Malik Renault needs to be a stud. Uh, Kel Ware has been a stud. He needs help. Xavier Johnson running that shit. Trey Galloway, you're going to have to get more than five points out of your two guard. And what is up with McKenzie Mbako? I don't want to say that wrong, and, and God knows I probably will. But what is up with McKenzie Mbako? I mean, he's averaging three points a game. What's up with that guy? I like Gabe Cups. I think he's going to be tough. I want to see more from C.J. Gunn. 
a lot of these guys that are down this bench can really be productive if they're put in the right spots. But this is a Hoosiers team that I'm I'm ready to see. I, I like the Mike Woodson culture in Indiana. I'm ready to see it start to translate onto the court. And look, Florida Gulf Coast the other night, Army of West Point the other night, Wright State tonight. Number five, UConn is next on Sunday. After UConn, you've got a game with Harvard. Then you start Big Ten play December 1st with Maryland coming to Bloomington and Indiana headed to Ann Arbor. After those two Big Ten games, they started doing in early December, which I don't know why they did that, but cool, whatever. Then you've got Indiana going to Auburn, never a tough out. Then number one, Kansas comes to Assembly Hall. So listen, by the 16th of December, we're going to have a really good idea of what we're looking at with this IU team. A really good idea. And look, Kansas is good. UConn's good. These are losses that, let's assume they're losses. If, if, if you get through that part of the schedule and your only two losses are to UConn and Kansas, you can accept that as long as the other games have been super well played. Go out and beat Wright State tonight. I mean, seriously, beat the pants off of them. That's what these games are for. You give these guys an opportunity to come play to big school. It's a big opportunity for not only the players, but the school, the staff. They're not supposed to walk in and challenge you. Harvard is not supposed to walk in and challenge you. Obviously, UConn, they're coming to Bloomington. Actually, I don't think they're coming to Bloomington. I think that's a neutral site game. I don't have that in front of me. And for that, I am deeply sorry. But I don't have that in front of me. I know Kansas is at the hall. I know Indiana's going to Auburn. Listen, these games are going to be huge. we got to get these games under our belt. Play well. Be ready for number five, UConn. Be ready for number one, Kansas. We're going to know by December 16th what we're dealing with with this Indiana basketball team. So... We'll see how it goes against Wright State. We'll talk about this more on Saturday when we do our next podcast. Saturday, 11 a.m. That's going to be the thing. We're going to do Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I'm a believer, Sean Burton, but I concur we need more from Callow Gunn and Banks. I mean, Mbako is the guy we need more from. I mean, you can't just go, you can't just go, you know, causing a stink at a Taco Bell without being an absolute stud. Three points a game does not indemnify you from acting like a fucking adult at Taco Bell. Kansas is good. Dixon is a freaking beast, but Kentucky really tried beating them, and they did. They did. That was a good basketball game. What's happening, Joe? Hey, happy birthday, Joe Compton. It is uh, Joe Compton's birthday today. Jody Johnson, thank you for the commentary. Yeah, man, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. A couple things I'm glad about. Uh, I'm glad the Indiana-Kentucky series is going to be reborn. That's a good one. Indiana basketball has got some exciting things on the horizon. I just want to make sure that we as Hoosier fans know what we're about to walk into. And uh, and that's 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 the biggest thing that we need to is just understand what we're dealing with. There's a lot of hype around a lot of these new guys. There's a lot of hype around Woodson kind of digging his feet in and continuing to implement his system and his culture, which I'm excited about. I'm here for. He's an old Hoosier, man. You got to love that shit. But 
these two games that we've played, these Florida Gulf Coast and Army West Point guys, they came in and gave us all we could handle. And that's that's FGCU and Army West Point. So let's get it warmed up. Keep Kellel Ware hot. That guy's been awesome. That's been the exciting thing to watch is Kellel Ware playing really well. No. So we'll see how this right state game goes tonight. We'll con- we'll reconvene on Saturday and uh and throw things at the Hoosiers or maybe just celebrate that they finally beat a team by a margin that they should have beaten them by. And it's it's an unfair thing to say. Like every game you like to see competitive, but not these games. Not these games. I'm gonna echo a sentiment that was echoed long ago, back when the Colts were awful. And Jim Harbaugh came in and was the savior. You couldn't tune in to Q95 out of Indianapolis without hearing the phrase, Lord, help our Colts. And listen, the Colts are five and five right now. Okay. I talked about this the other day, this tanking for draft pick shit. People want to talk about Uh -uh. throw that shit out the window. We're five and five. I just talked about how wide open the AFC is and it is wide open. Make the playoffs. Let's make this push and get to the playoffs. We talked about on Tuesday the Colts' schedule and how it is weak sauce. We discussed this. Indianapolis Colts' remaining schedule. Bye week this week. Tampa Bay, Tennessee. Cincinnati's going to be a tough one. Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Las Vegas, and Houston. This is a winnable schedule. This is a schedule where you can easily see a team finishing their season from five and five at 10 and seven. I firmly believe 10 wins is going to get you into the AFC playoffs. A lot of, a lot of good teams in there shaking it up, beating each other. But the reality is there are teams in there that are trying to work their way back. I.e. the Denver Broncos. I've been very impressed by the last three weeks of Denver Broncos football. Not that they've been flashy, not that it's been smooth or pretty, that they've played great defense and won games that they probably shouldn't have won. Been very impressed by the play from the Denver Broncos, and that's only going to get better. They're only going to continue to get better. Russell Wilson is still Russell Wilson. Guy might be an asshole. I don't know. I know what I've heard. I don't know, though. I judge him. Sean Payton, I mean, as long as he's not putting out fucking bounties on players' heads, Sean Payton's a pretty good head coach. Denver Broncos, three straight wins. That's the AFC we're looking at. We're looking at an AFC where very few teams look like they have no shot. The Patriots, they have no shot. They're awful. And as a person from the Midwest who has watched this mass hold dominance of the New England Patriots for so long, I got to say that feels good. Beating them in Germany, I got to say that feels good. The Patriots are 2-8. and eight. Bill Belichick still stuck at 300 wins. Poor guy. Poor guy, what is that, third all-time? Do better. Do better. Look at the West. Even the Chargers, the 4-5 and five Chargers, good football team. Nobody in the West is out of anything. Nobody in the North is out of anything. And the AFC South slowly looks like it's becoming more competitive. The Titans are three and six. And I don't think it's a Mike Vrabel problem. 
I think they put too many resources into too many things that were just never going to be sustainable. Who knew Derrick Henry wasn't going to be able to do what he did for 10 years, aside from everybody? And look, I, I, I think what Derrick Henry did for those few years, phenomenal. But that era of Tennessee Titans football was never going to be sustainable. And now it appears to be over. They have not won a game on the road yet. They are three and one in Nashville. They've lost two in a row. Outside of the Patriots and the Titans, everybody in the AFC has a shot at this. Everyone. So you're talking about 14 teams and seven playoff spots. Now, the NFC, on the other hand, whew, NFC's got a lot of teams out there that you're just like, nah, nothing's going to happen. The New York Giants, sorry, dog. Your starting quarterback currently lives at home with his parents and talks about how great it is. I don't care what level of NFL football you're on. You, you got a salary. I mean, it'd be one thing just to be like, yeah, you know, it just doesn't make sense to rent an apartment because I'm a fringe roster guy. You never know where I'm going to end up. So why would I really dig roots in here? That's one thing. He got out there and was like, fuck, my laundry's always done. My bed's always made. You're a grown man. A grown man. A grown man saying these things. Giants are done. Cardinals are done. Even though there are bright spots, Cardinals are done. We'll see what Kyler Murray does if he grows back into that kind of playbook and culture there in Arizona and kind of digs his feet back in. We'll see what Kyler can do. I don't want to say the Rams are done, but I think they are. I think they are. They've just not looked good. They've not looked good at all, even in their wins. One of their wins was against the Colts, and it was a game the Colts should have won. They have not looked good at all. Bears, the Bears are the Bears. Sorry. Somebody's going to lose big on this Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Whatever team it is that decides it's a good idea to draft him. I'm going to tell you right now, you don't need a fucking crystal ball. I, man, a lot of people last year were telling the Colts, hey, man, just hang back, stay in pat. Let's get Caleb Williams next year. No, 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 no. I'll take hurt Anthony Richardson over Caleb Williams any fucking day. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, uh, I want this Jordan Love thing to work. I want this Jordan Love thing to work bad, but it's just let's uh, let's dive in. Let's take a dive here at the Packers. They lost to Pittsburgh the other day. Jordan Love, 289 yards, two tuds, two picks. I mean, he's throwing the ball a lot. 40 times throwing the ball in the air when you got A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones back there. Uh, 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 Pittsburgh's pretty good defensively. You'll never sell me on the fact that Kenny Pickett can be a winner. Ever, ever, ever. I'm just sorry. You know it right away when you see it in some people. Yeah, the guy didn't make any mistakes. When Jalen Warren rushes for a buck one and Najee Harris follows it up with another 82, just all the quarterback has to do at that point is protect the football. And he did that. 14 to 23, buck 26, no tuds, no picks. You'll find me hard-pressed to still ever believe that Kenny Pickett 
can evolve into a quarterback that's going to lead your franchise for a long term. Just me saying that. Look, I'm not out there playing. I'm not here to say what these guys are doing is not impressive. Jesus Christ, look what I'm doing. It's not impressive. Like, I understand my position. Easy for an armchair quarterback to say. Of course it is. Of course it is. I'm just getting on the microphone saying the shit I want to say. Anyway, back to the horrible AFC. We don't even need to mention the Panthers, do we? They're just really bad. And there's some Colts fans out there that are like, that's what Frank Reich gets. That's what Carolina gets for taking a chance on Frank Reich. Listen, we know what we dealt with with Frank Reich. This isn't a poor decision-making kind of thing. This is, they have no one. I mean, literally no one. And Bryce Young, five foot ten, is out there like a deer in headlights, man. An absolute deer in headlights. So to think that Bryce Young is a long term answer for Carolina, it'd be it'd be tough. It'd be tough. I mean, twenty one of thirty eight, buck eighty five against Chicago. There's just nothing there about that whatsoever. I just I can't, I can't. Your number one running back is Chuba Hubbard. It's not going to work. Not going to work at all. Mike Strawn, leading receiver from the Bears game last week. One grab, 45 yards. Thielen, Mingo, Tommy Tremble. Just a lot of guys caught balls, but the reality is when you're talking about assertiveness on offense, and scoring the football and making the plays necessary to, to, to assert yourself as the better team in that game. A Carolina offense is fucking toast. Fucking toast. Keep diving. Let's ask a let's ask a real question here. We're looking at the uh NFC, <laughs> particularly the South. Uh are the Falcons or the Buccaneers? I mean, maybe the Bucks. But the Falcons, I don't know. I don't know about Atlanta. I like looking at the Bucks. I like looking at the Bucks because I'm such a fan of Baker Mayfield. I'm a big, big fan of Baker Mayfield. That's a guy who you saw the cocky kid out of Oklahoma that had a mouth on him. And then he started doing those commercials inside the empty stadium. And honestly, that shit was hysterical. I was like, you're a good commercial actor. Baker Mayfield, well done. But I look at Baker Mayfield, and I just don't I, I, I don't want to hate the guy because he's done nothing but not give up. Like never giving up is a huge thing for me. And the guy just keeps coming. No matter how many times you kick him down, he's coming back. His, his numbers last week weren't bad. 18 to 29 for 278, a couple tuds, did throw a pick. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin still doing the thing. They're doing something down there in Tampa Bay. It's just not much. It's just not much. And at the end of the day, they're at the end of the day, they're four and six. Uh, four and five. Sorry. The Falcons are four and six. I count I would count we're talking about counting the Falcons out. I would count the Falcons out. So what we're into is, and that's the comparison. Two AFC teams that I can count out, Tennessee and New England. I can count those two teams out. 
In the NFC, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams that we can count out. And honestly, the Commanders, too. <laughs> Call it seven and a half. I wasn't sold on them counting out the Rams completely yet either, so we'll call it seven. Who fuck cares? The AFC has clearly been the tougher conference this year from a record standpoint, and it's the, it's the difficult, it's the more difficult one to decipher. I don't think the Chiefs are as far ahead of the rest of the AFC as the Eagles are as far as ahead as the rest of the NFC. I'll say that for sure. I do not. Uh, so yeah, it's easy to say Eagles to the Super Bowl from the NFC. It's a tough call. The Chiefs, I feel like, are the safe bet. You feel like the Chiefs can always win. But uh, so I don't know. Thursday night football, though, man. Bengals, Ravens. We're going to talk about prop bets. I started to get into this for a second, and I thought, man, I should I should wait. Joe Burrow over two, 256 and a half passing yards. I love it. Uh, Gus Edwards to score a tud. I also love it. <laughs> Um, and Zay Flowers over four and a half receptions. That's the riskier one. Um, I haven't checked Caesars yet, but to me, Zay Flowers, I know you're, I know for plus four and a half receptions, over four and a half receptions, you're getting positive odds. But let's just see where they are on Caesars right now. Uh, Zay Flowers, Baltimore. Yeah, four and a half receptions is plus 120 on Caesars Sportsbook right now. So lots of things you can go in and bet. Get your parlay prop on. Uh, Cincinnati is a three and a half point underdog. Um, and I like Bengals plus three and a half, especially coming off the loss to Houston. I uh, feel like that stung a little bit. That should have been Cincinnati's chance to get back. Uh, to You got to think about this. They didn't expect to lose that game. So six and three, a lot different than five and four. But uh, setting themselves back, letting C.J. Stroud come on and do the thing. And he did, too. C.J. Stroud came on and did the thing. I love it. I love every bit of it. But uh, those are my props for uh, for today. Zay Flowers over four and a half receptions at plus 120. Gus Edwards anytime tutty at plus 110. Joe Burrow over 256 and a half passing yards, minus 110. Parlay it. Parlay it. Put it together. Let's see what kind of odds we get on that same gamer. Let's see. Passing yards. Burrow. Uh, it's down to 254 and a half. And his over is positive 108 now. Wow. What are they seeing in Joe Burrow? Or what is everybody betting? Yeah, over 254 and a half is plus 108. Um, anytime touchdown scorer. Let's see. Where are you? Where are you, Tuddy scorer? Oh, man. Did I pass it? I did pass it. We're just putting together a parlay. No big deal. Player to score a touchdown. There we go. Gus Edwards is plus 100 now to score a tug, which is basically 1-1. One one. And then we got Zay Flowers, total receptions over four and a half. So that's a three-leg parlay that pays plus 800. So put your money there and get you some Zay Flowers action. I like that three-legger at plus 800. I like it a lot. Probably going to add something to it. 
Don't know what I'll add to it. Let's go with, uh, let's do passing touchdowns. I think Burrow can throw two tonight. So do I. So do I. I like that a lot. I like that a whole lot. There's my same gamer. I'm going to go ahead and put it in right now. Oh, man, I got to log in. <laughs> All right, so here's what I'm dealing with. Four legs, same game parlay. Let's, uh, there we are. There we are. I love every ounce of that. A four-legger that can give you plus 1,100 odds. That's a pretty good one. Uh, over 254.5 yards for Joe Burrow. Two tuds for Joe Burrow. Two passing tuds for Joe Burrow. Over four and a half catches for Zay Flowers and Gus Edwards to score a touchdown. That's a good four-legger. $20 bet can get me 240 back. I love it. All right. And if you're not betting with Caesar Sportsbook, you need to because, hey, they've got Caesar's rewards. You can go get all your rewards points all your perks, all your bennies, all that good jazz right there in the same spot from your phone on the Caesar Sportsbook app. And then you can take those reward credits and buy stuff, okay? You can get food. You can get comps. You can get casino free play, all with those reward credits. That's how I do it, all right? So Caesar Sportsbook app, I'd be crazy to bet somewhere else. I'm a Diamond member, all right? So that's what's up, Caesar Sportsbook. Got to love it. Let's talk for a minute briefly about our beloved Indianapolis Colts. Our wonderful football team that we love so much, the Indianapolis Colts. They're on the bye. There's not a lot going on up there other than just guys taking their bye week. But this article from NFL.com, oh, sorry, from ESPN, says that the Colts are an unlikely playoff contender with seven games to go. And like I said, I don't like that. I don't like that kind of outlook. It doesn't make sense to me. We told you the seven games they have left to go. This is not a difficult schedule. In fact, I believe it is the easiest remaining schedule in all of the NFL. Tampa Bay. Tennessee. Cincinnati, who's been suspect? Pittsburgh, who was always suspect. Atlanta, Las Vegas, and Houston. These seven games, I look down this list and I'm like, can we beat Tampa Bay at Indy? Yeah. Can we beat Tennessee and Nashville? They're 3-1 and one in Nashville. They're playing pretty well down there. That's a division game. Always going to be tough. Going to Paul Brown and beating Cincinnati is going to be real tough. Can we beat Pittsburgh at home? Yeah, we can do that. Atlanta in Atlanta? Atlanta's just not that good. Can we beat Vegas? Everybody's beating Vegas. And in that final game, that January 7th matchup with Houston, might be a bigger matchup than any of us think right now. We just never know what it's going to boil down to. But again, I have talked at length on this. I am not all for tanking. I can't stand that thought process of tanking out and just seeing what we can get from a draft pick standpoint. 
Everybody's like, we got tanked for Marvin Harrison Jr. He ain't coming. He's not coming to Indy. We're not getting him. We're, we've already won too many games. We've already won too many games. Since it's the bye week, there's not a lot going on, no injury reports dropping, any of that stuff. I want to kind of go through some of these uh, fan group posts that I'm forced to, s- to siphon through every week. As I, I, I'm not forced to. I choose to follow the group. Sometimes there's good information, but sometimes you just like to know what Colts fans are thinking. Uh, and everybody's pretty happy this week that we don't have a game. Uh, can't lose. Going to be 5-5 five and five next week. Going to be a 500 team next week. All right. So, let's see here. Well, there's not really a good post. There's a Josh Downs appreciation post. That guy's been a stud. What a good rookie. What a good rookie. Somebody asked if Denver beats Buffalo, does that help the Colts in playoff standings? Yes, I know there's more than enough time for us to blow it and lose, but just asking anyway. I mean, yeah, I mean, it. we're ahead of Denver. We were behind Buffalo. Now we are still behind Buffalo, still ahead of Denver, but we're, we've closed that gap. Actually, we're tied with Buffalo. But the wild card is not what I want to be thinking about right now. I want to be thinking about this division. We're six or the Jacksonville six and three. The Texans are a game behind them at five and four. We're a game and a half behind Jacksonville at five and five. We're talking within two weeks. We could have all this really, really shooken up. Jacksonville's got Tennessee at home this weekend, so you got to think they're going to win that one. Houston, on the other hand. Where are they going? They're going to Arizona. Whew. Okay. Okay. That's a couple of games that, uh, <laughs> that's a couple of games you got to feel like are going to go the way of uh, Houston and Jacksonville. So I'll admit that I hadn't looked at that prior to now. And uh, I'm not less excited. I mean, there's still a lot of time. You know, Houston's got Arizona, Jacksonville, Denver, the Jets. Titans, the Browns, the Titans again, and the Colts. So Houston's got a pretty, in in my opinion, a pretty soft schedule too. So let's check out the remaining schedule for the Jags. The problem is you control your own destiny. Just win. It's it's, It's week 11. There's plenty of time left in the season. You just win. But the Jags have Tennessee, Houston, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Baltimore still, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Tennessee, man, another schedule that I'd be excited to have. Not quite. I mean, that's the least exciting of the three. It's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a dogfight that I think the Colts are right in. I really, really wish I could take back some of those losses from earlier in the season because (laughs) let's go through how the Colts started this year. Wasn't great. I'll tell you that. Wasn't great, okay, but we started by losing a game to Jacksonville that we should have won. Then we beat Houston. Then we beat Baltimore. The Rams game we should have won. 
We did win the Titans game. The second Jaguars game, they beat us. That game, they beat us. The Cleveland game, say say what you want. The rest stole it, whatever. I don't know. Saints game was just horrific. Like I said, they beat Carolina. They beat New England. They beat teams they should have beat. Beat the teams you should beat. I go on about this all day, but I'm not going to. I'm going to close this podcast down with a few positive thoughts, happy thoughts. It's the bye week. When we return from bye week, we're back to our scheduled 1 o'clock Sunday games. The Colts are at Lucas Oil next Sunday, November 26th. By the time that game is played, we'll already have had our bellies full of turkey and stuffing. Ready to close out the season. So, that's it. That's it for today's podcast. From the mind of Sean B. We're going to talk more on Saturday about uh, recapping this Thursday night game. Talk more about this IU basketball team. Maybe a look ahead into some of the Sunday NFL games. Maybe just talk about ourselves and how we're doing as men and women and whether or not everyone's okay. Doesn't really matter. It's the Sean B. Show. That's the thing. I put my name on it. I say whatever the fuck I want. It's a great concept. Guys, this has been the Sean B. Show, and I appreciate you listening in. We're going to call it quits today on the podcast. We're going to shut her down. We're going to go have some fun. Going to go enjoy my day off. And you guys enjoy your day. Thanks so much.